we could just have him record like what he did with his week and what he played segments and then splice them in. Yeah, we could just say things like, oh, interesting. How many Pokemon? <clears throat> Beef jerky bags. <laughs> I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And you can hear us. This and is Kevin. Time for episode number 286 of Video Games Hot Dog. We finally upgraded our processor to a 286 nice. megahertz Yay. Pentium 4. <laughs> <laughs> How come they never do 286 megahertz? Just because it would be confusing to the people who had uh, 286 model processors. Couldn't you just cut up your, like one gigahertz machine into several 286 machines and some change some, well yeah three three and some change i guess uh, i guess if you want to be efficient mm-hmm. um guys mm-hmm. it took forever to get the machines working and now i didn't i forgot that we were going to record a podcast tonight yeah well you should just eat these triscuits loudly into the microphone hmm. well, that was what i was going to do anyway okay that's what our listeners do good content what have you been up to what have you done this week jim Oh, geez. No, I'm going to go. Let me go last. Okay. Okay, Riff, what have you been up to? Um, oh, I went just to the for, comic book store. I went to the forgetting. comic book store for comic book store day. Oh, the, whoops, something just beeped on my phone. I don't know what's going on. Okay, never mind. Was it an alert that uh, your comic books are on sale? I was afraid that it was an alert that the call had dropped, but it was, it no. was not was related. It, was it the phone ringing from all the times we couldn't call you before we started the podcast? <laughs> yes, it all finally caught up. Yeah. <laughs> it is my experience that the free comic books on Free Comic Book Day are kind of garbage. Yeah, they're, they're, they're very uh, obviously promotional material. But yeah. some, sometimes there's a good story in there. Sometimes they'll... They'll do like, like half a story from from a regular issue, and then a or like two halves of two different stories from regular issues, and it's like uh, so like a story about the, a bat or a story about a man. Yeah, sometimes exactly. the thirty second movies they play between the TV shows yeah. have a nice dramatic arc to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that one time when that guy ate the bones. <laughs> right. <laughs> what happened to that guy? I don't know. He died of having eaten the bones. Yeah, died Shit. of bonitis. There was that guy who was slowly backing away from the security cameras because he had a really thin television under his arm. <laughs> I think that's too recent for any of our listeners to know about it. But if, it's got to be a meme at this point, right? Anything that's on the internet is a meme Anything you've seen has to be a meme or you wouldn't have seen it. Right. I haven't seen any memes since I stopped using 4chan 10 years ago. What? You haven't seen a single meme? Nope. No, no. You haven't ever, you haven't ever had any rare Pepe's? No. You haven't, had, you haven't seen any snacks doing a boop? Or doggos doing a heckin' fluff. I don't. I don't know what heckin' fluff. I don't know what the. I don't know what the last word is. Sounds like something doggos would do. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want my doggo to do a heckin' fluff. Yeah, I don't even have a doggo. Old men talk about the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Part sixteen. Oh, I played some pinball. Uh, What comic books did you get, Riff? Uh oh, I don't know. It just it was a random assortment of advertising materials. Did you actually pay for anything, or did you just go in for the? Free I, I stuff? did actually. I got like, uh, I got a, a volume of manga that I hadn't read, and the uh, there's manga you haven't. There read? is manga I haven't read. I uh, uh, and uh, the big hardbound uh, edition of uh, was it BPRD, like the the Hellboy spinoff, and 
the Bureau of Paranormal Research Division. Yeah, the probably Police like and Refuse Division. Oh, and the first volume of the Rick and Morty comic book series. BPRM. Is that to sell the Rick and Morty VR game? I don't think it's related. I think it's, it's just Rick and Morty stories. Well, it's related in that they're both about Rick and Morty. Yeah, it's not related Google, to the Google VR Google owns game. them now, right? I was looking forward to the Rick and Morty VR game, and now I think the Vive at the office is not hooked up because they replaced the computer in there, <laughs> so I don't get to play it. Oh, no. I'm sad. That I'm disappointed. Sad. And sad. You could come to my house where I have an Oculus Rift that I can't use, and you could bring a gaming laptop that you could hook up the Oculus Rift to my, and then my play it there. Can, can power a Rift, I think. Okay. So we can... All right, let's do it. Party it. Party it, uh, gems. Everybody heard it. <laughs> I read a book that put I... Put my address in the show notes. Okay. Okay, I will. It's too late. You've said it. I'm going to now. So everything <laughs> you said, put my address in the show notes. Later, I'm going to tell you not to do this. Don't listen to me. Shit. <laughs> uh, I read a book that I don't think that I talked about on the podcast. Uh, or maybe I did. But it's uh, I finished it this morning. It was uh, Norm MacDonald's... Oh, heavily yeah. fictionalized autobiography based on a true story. You've been mentioning that on Twitter. I, I saw you post a sentence from that. It was a pretty good sentence. There, yeah. A lot of them were very good. Coincidentally, I watched a movie about the uh, how McDonald's came to be. Oh, yeah? Oh. Yeah. Called The Founder. It's about Ray Kroc and how he's kind of a jerk. Mm -hmm. He's a real crock of shit. Kind of, yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, I wouldn't say that you're a real Simmons of shit if I were describing you as, if I, if I were trying to communicate to like people that you're a jerk. Full. Yeah. Yeah. You're a real Crawford of bullshit. Is that a thing? Is it a craw? So a craw is like your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. And a, no, your craw is like your throat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wait, wait, a craw is like really? your throat. Yeah, yeah if something stuck so. in your craw. It's like so I it was the, mouth. The craw is the part of a bird that rocks go into in its throat to help it grind up seeds on the way down. Oh, really? I thought that was a gullet or something. Fuck. I think a gullet is a craw. I think that's correct. <laughs> and a ford is like the shallow part of the river. A fjord is. Uh, <laughs> so what's a craw fish? Is that a fish that's just all throat? I think it must like it's It lives in a little dirt throat. Oh, okay. And so, that but of shit. How how can we live in this world and not know all of these words that we think we use all the time? I Wait, mean, that we think we use all the time? So, okay, so the craw is just the pouch in birds that resembles a stomach. And so, when you use the word craw to refer to, like, humans, yeah. it's it's metaphorical. Like I think we imagine that it would be very unpleasant to have something stuck in our craw if sure. we had a craw. I bet it would. Because that sounds terrible, right? Almost everything about being a bird sounds real bad. Oh, I guess there's being to cool. fly. Like, yeah. I would I would love to, like, drop nuts in, like, the crosswalk and then when the car after the car runs over them, like, walk over and get it when the you can when do the that cross, now, the walk light goes. Who's oh, stopping you? Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> what is some road pistachios? It's a real labor saving device. Huge if true. This is amazing. That's I mean that's why they invented the nutcracker is because cars hadn't been invented yet. Right. Oh yeah. You couldn't drop them in a, you couldn't drop them in a zebra crossing. I mean a zebra crossing. I think this has come up before, but I did not get 
that joke in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy about the guy that went on to prove that mm. Up was down and Black was white and then was killed at the next zebra crossing. I thought it was like a zebra crossing, like a, where a, a sign zebra on the cross. highway where zebras would cross. Yeah. And I was thinking, why would you not be able to like it would you just think, oh, they're horses, but you'd, you'd still get trampled <laughs> to death by them. <laughs> no, I'm not sure I get the joke. A zebra crossing is like a crosswalk. Yeah, in like a British, British slang. And so somehow oh. not being able to see it resulted in the guy getting it's, killed. But like, just because you proved that one was the wouldn't you? Wouldn't they just be inverted? Wouldn't it still show up in your radar? Uh, maybe, maybe it was in the course of attempting to prove it that he was standing in the middle of the road and therefore got killed. I think the idea is that like it, he proved that they are the same. And so you can't t- if you can't tell oh, the difference between white. the color, yeah, not, not that they swapped. Yeah, I see. Okay, it depends on what order you do it in. If you say black is white and white is black, then white and black are both white. But right? it was, but it was black is white and up is down. Did you? Uh, okay. Did you? Did you recently described to me a trick for swapping the states of two variables without having to use a, a third helper variable. Oh, yeah, yeah. How, do, how does what is work? What is that trick, Jim? Oh, geez. And what language is this even in? That, uh, you can do it in C. It, it involves exclusive oring the the um, the values repeatedly. Wait, I can't what? I can't remember the details. Uh, you're you're just doing a um you're you're swapping the two variables in place. Um I mean, if if I remembered what you actually would do, then I could maybe mathematically work out how it worked in my head because I never bothered to. I just saw it ha- saw it once and then never did it because it's dumb. Why not just use a separate variable? No, it sounds awesome if you can. Well, I mean, it. I guess that's the reason people always do like the dumb C tricks. Well, they're trying to get it to run on reasonable a sm- code on cheap integrated hardware. Yeah, well, having a, like a you're never swapping more than one variable at once. So, like, I don't uh, even on the cheapest hardware. What if you only hardware, have enough RAM for two variables? Yeah, fair enough. I like I like the uh, the RAID array with the, like the whole parity drive. Like that's oh yeah, like that's a, a good trick. That's a really good. That's a really clever thing. That's a good trick. And and like also there, um, someone invented I think in the or the first first started seeing it in the nineties a, a generalization that. Um, that as as well as so the raid trick is that um you have um three drives and there are two uh, two volumes that have data and one volume that is an error check for uh both drives is that right it's it's an it's in drives and one drive is a parity drive right you can be as many as many as you need and you, then right. that makes it so you can lose a any drive. one drive yeah. right and the data will all still be there right right for and so, those so listeners like, who don't know this dumb thing <laughs> stands for redundant array of inexpensive disks right but they could be really expensive. Exactly. They almost always were, in my experience. Yeah. Any situation that called for using RAID, you did it because you wanted reliability, and so you ended up getting expensive disks anyway. Right. Um, it's been mathematically generalized to... Um, uh, you can basically make it as redundant as you want. So okay. you can... Um, if you have a certain amount of data, you can just spew out as many files as you want... And as long as the user finds enough of them, and it could be like, you know, you, you make you make 80 files and if 50 make it through the whatever transfer process you're doing, then that's enough. You, then they can recreate 
the uh, original data using those any fifty of the eighty. Okay. And, um, that's math that I never understood. <laughs> I never bothered reading the white paper. Do you think that's why the Bible doesn't make any sense? Do you think that I never that read the white paper? At yeah. Some point and we just didn't get enough of the books. Yeah, we didn't get enough of the Bible, and the the, the people just had to make shit up to reconstruct it. Yeah, God maybe hadn't mastered that technique in delivering his word unto us <laughs> I, I remember uh, reading a, a sci-fi story um that that the jesus was an alien part of the premise was that there was a um an ftl communication device that just communicated very slowly and um like very slowly in terms of like bandwidth and it's like a bit at a time yeah um uh and it had two modes. One was like Huffman encoded uh, text. And the other mode was a mode where the AI at the other end would guess what you would have said if you used more bits. <laughs> and Okay. And I think that's probably what happened with the Bible. <laughs> okay. So we were just guessing what God meant. Right. Because like, he spoke in that language that we can't actually hear, like when Alanis Morissette opens her mouth. Because we'll, ex- we'll explode if we hear it. Right. So we had to hear it through a mediator, which was like that bush that was on fire. Sure. Okay. There's a lot of crackling noises mm-hmm. that Moses had to interpret. He had to, it was like listening to a modem. <laughs> screaming birds. Oh, wow. Yeah. Were there screaming birds? Oh, probably. I mean, if the bush is on fire. Oh, I thought you were talking about another time that God communicated via no, some cool no. I'm just encoding. Thinking, you know, for every bush you've got, for every bird you've got in your hand, there's two in a bush. On so, fire. Yeah, so if that bush is on fire. I thought you were actually just trying to describe the way that a modem sounds. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's so pretty, sort of okay, like sure. Crackling, yeah, cracking fire. Yeah, screaming, screaming birds, birds and then a burning bush. Yeah, yeah. and then so like a that blowing would, the, noise. The, bird, the birds would stop screaming. Pretty soon after being set on fire, I ima- I mean, usually when I fry a chicken, it does. Do, do there do do birds have like a larynx? Is that next to their craw? <laughs> like how do how do how do birds birds talk? Suddenly birds? appears. How do birds talk? The ones that can. Are they just mimicking human sounds without? Uh, I they yeah. don't really have like like I, I've, I've, I've heard Kevin. Come on, I've heard. Birds mimic things that are not human sounds, that are not like, yeah, like organic sounds. Yeah, like traffic noises and yeah. Yeah, and li- or like a... The car alarm bird. Like yeah. a... Yeah. The poor, a, a, poor bird wants to make The sound the of a camera shutter. A ground oh, loop. Night. Yeah. Night. No, uh, nice. Noise. Yeah, I got there eventually. Night. Riff, like a bird, <laughs> is just noise. trying night. and failing to imitate... <laughs> The sounds Human that we speech. make with our mouths. Right. So that's something that I've actually wondered a lot too. Like what, how, how is their mechanism of making noise different from ours? Where like, I don't think I could ever get particularly good at mimicking the sound of a camera shutter. Or a bird for that matter. Yeah. I mean, or the, another person's voice. What yeah. is the guy that was in Police Academy who was really good at making- Michael Winslow? Yeah. Mouth sounds. Neil oh, no, That was Neil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I feel like it's not outside of human capability. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. But it is not something that we develop as a as a species in general. I mean, it's a rare enough thing that like in vaudeville if you were really good at 
bird calls, you could have a stage act revolving around that. Yeah, but standards were lower back times. then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, have you read some of the stuff they called jokes? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, does anybody have any non-video game stuff to talk about, or should we just start talking about video games? I'm okay to start talking about video games, I guess. I, uh, I test-solved some mystery hunt puzzles this past weekend. Can you give the answers I to can't. our listeners? <laughs> I, I really can't. We, well, things are shaping up. We did Puzzle Pint. We did Puzzle Pint last night. Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought you meant when you said you... T- I thought you were like, we're giving these puzzles to the Puzzle Pint people. Oh, no. No. Oh, that would be that would be a tremendous Treason. breach. Yeah. Yeah. Treason. Yep. Yeah. Bad, bad scene. No, you got to keep it... You got to keep everything secret under wraps. Oh, wait. You guys haven't heard Treason's legal now. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, topical. Touche. You need a topical antihistamine now. <laughs> or, or if we leave the U.S., maybe a tropical antihistamine. Yeah. Oh, Some another cream. thing that I saw topical is that uh, that laptop ban that I was talking about earlier apparently is now being expanded to the rest of Europe. It, uh, the article that I read had a very sensational headline. The article itself said one person said, yeah, we're thinking about that. Okay. So, All right. Uh, All right. All right. That would, that's, that's less sensational than I thought. I would not go anywhere without a laptop <laughs> on an airplane if I couldn't. Uh, yeah. Like it would just be to, to the, the idea of facing like a 12 hour flight without being able to work or. Yeah. Yeah. And and of putting all your important and valuable electronics in a fucking checked bag. Checked bag. Fuck that. Uh, Fuck yeah. that so, right in the ear. So one thing that's um, important to know that I was annoyed that I didn't know is that um, so w- w- I flew out of Germany through Istanbul, landed in Istanbul, and then took off of a plane in Istanbul and went to uh, SFO. Um, at Istanbul, they had stations right before boarding where you would um, you would give your electronics to them, and it doesn't go like it doesn't go through the normal baggage process. It goes through a a process that like at least I trust to be a little bit more secure. Wait, so you just handed them like a laptop? Uh, no, I didn't know this at the time. I checked my laptop. But people would just hand them laptops? No, there's a. I mean, yes, I saw it happen. That seems like the last the, the last thing I want to do. There were guys with guns. You no, tape it. If you tape it shut, it's pretty safe. <laughs> it's they're not. Nobody's gonna bother ta- with that. Tape a piece of hair over the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lick, <laughs> lick, lick a piece of hair. Like put I wasn't it on just the escape key of your laptop. I wasn't just handing my laptop to a random dude. It was like a guy in a uniform. That's trustworthy, right? You know, how are you ever gonna have an exciting new experience if you don't hand your laptop to a random dude? You got to get out there in the world and take some chances. I cleared my browser history first. <laughs> okay, you're, we've gotten to you. You're last. I cleared my browser history before I checked my... Nice. Good. Yeah. Did you play any video games? I, uh, I played a game called uh, Topsoil, which is a, um, a puzzle game for phones that I, I presume is also on iPhone. Uh, it's a game where you are um, presented with like a garden plot, um, like someone's going to murder the celery. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, uh, you're given, um, uh, you're shown like a series of seeds in order, and you're supposed to plant them in such a way that you can harvest them in clumps. So, like, a, a, when you harvest, you you plant three seeds, and then you harvest. And when when you 
harvest, you are harvesting all the ones that are um, uh, joined uh, or they're connected to each other. So like a flood fill. Um, and then when you do that, the um, the land that you harvested from changes color to the next color in the cycle. And okay. so you need to like, uh, you're trying to make um, a big, uh, big harvests while also like maintaining the status of the, um, like making sure the land is ready for the next, uh, the next uh, plant layout as well. It's, uh, it's pretty tricky. I'm having a hard time imagining. It sounds confusing. Yeah, I'm having a yeah. hard time imagining this. It, it, it's, you can internalize, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I was explaining it very well, but you can internalize it pretty quickly. Are there other uh, things growing there besides what you plant? Uh, no. And no, when you plant, there are three different kinds of seeds, potentially? Yeah. And there, you... There are, there's a bunch of different kinds of seeds. So what happens, like, it, it goes in cycles where you plant three things, and it shows you what three things you're going to plant, and you put those down where you want, and then you harvest and then you do that again what is what is the name of the general game mechanic or like the game that was the originator of this mechanic that it's like a it's like a staple of those bar touchscreen games or it it's it's a puzzle mechanic akin to match three but it is like when you tap on a thing it it releases it, it removes that thing and all of the adjacent things that are the same color no matter how big of a yeah I don't of a thing it is I don't know where that originated I've heard it called same game mm-hmm yeah but I that seems oh it's snood yeah <laughs> um so this sounds like that except you're also having to place unpredictable pieces and the the version of same game I played just gives you a a, a pre filled out board and you're removing chunks right. from it. This you're building the board. You're building the board, and it's it's a it's like a four by four board, so it's a really small like um, a really small scope game. I was actually really impressed with the design. On the other hand, I still haven't gotten any good at it. So like, and it's free, so at least he's made no money. That's right. <laughs> you, like. You don't get to choose which seeds you're gonna plant. Uh, no, you don't. You're you're given seeds to plant. How many different kinds of seeds are there? Uh, on a four by four board. I mean that it it starts with like, the it starts with three, and then get you get more and more over the course of the game. Um, sure. some of the seeds like, you have to wait for them to like make wait a couple of turns for them to sprout before you can harvest them. Um, there's right. one where if you plant a mushroom. The mushroom will decay if you don't harvest it enough. So, like, um, you can just let it decay and let that space be open again. Um, or you can try to um, plant mushrooms together and, like, maybe maybe prioritize harvesting those soon because they're going to decay soon. I see. It's uh, it 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 seems like like and again like I have not gotten gotten any good at this game, so it's hard for me to really like give it a full full throated endorsement. Full, full crod, crod. <laughs> um, but um, it seems like it's probably good. It looks nice. Yeah. Um, and I played um, fake type shift. Oh yeah. Which is um, I don't know what you call this kind of puzzle. I feel like I've seen it before, but it's a game where you are presented with a um, a uh, kind of a stick figure composed of of lines and points. 
and you're trying to trace across all the lines without doubling back. Okay. Okay. And it's, you know, and that's kind of interesting. Uh, it shows you way too many ads to be any good, but it's, it's, it's called TypeShift on the Android Play Store. <laughs> uh, does that, like, th- that puzzle depends a lot on, like, where you start, right? I think this one lets you start anywhere. Well, right, but, like, sometimes it's solvable. Right, yeah. And sometimes it's not from various starting points. Yeah. Uh, in the, um, like, uh, according to the Play Store, people who downloaded Fake Type Shift also downloaded an app called uh, Pregnant Woman or pr- Pregnant Woman Costume Ideas, <laughs> which I installed. <laughs> and huh. it is like uh, someone How many viruses like, do you have on your phone now, Jim? I don't know. How do you tell? <laughs> is it just like... Pregnant Batman. <laughs> Basically, Pregnant yeah, yeah. Here's so, like here's Pregnant a couple recreating the poster for Juno. Okay, um, and it's like someone. Oh, so it's like couples costumes sometimes. Sometimes someone downloaded like an image gallery app from GitHub, and then they did an image search for like pregnant woman. And then they took all the images and put them in this app and then put it on the app store. Wait, so, so one of the pregnant woman costume ideas is just dress like this pregnant woman. Yeah. Her name's Carla. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's wearing an orange sweater. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> How much did it cost? Oh, it was free. Okay. But again, so it's, it's ad supported. It's full of, full you, of ads. What are they ads for? Like, what? I'm really curious what your phone thinks your demographics are. <laughs> how do I find out? I don't know how to find out. I'm yeah, gonna... I, don't, I don't either. Yeah, just open up pregnant woman costume idea. And... Oh, sorry. Sorry. It's pregnant mom dresses ideas. Okay. So at the bottom, <laughs> here's an ad that is just three sevens from a slot machine. Are you are That's... you a mom until you've had your baby? <laughs> the oh. name of the app is pregnant mom's dresses ideas. Uh-huh. Here's a here's one of um, uh, a woman dressed up like her belly is the Kool Aid Man. Okay, breaking uh, through a wall. Wait, it's so not she's bad. not the Kool Aid Man, just her belly. Her belly. No, her oh my god! Here's her, an ad for Mobile Strike that just covered the whole screen. Her baby is the Kool Aid Man, and her womb is the wall. Okay. <laughs> but like, here's one that's just like here's a picture of a pregnant woman. So yeah, it's uh, it it the quality varies wildly. Of the um, of the of the dresses ideas, I mean, just like babies do. That's true. Yeah, the so, quality of babies <laughs> varies pretty wildly too. I've seen some shitty babies. You know, I guess I've only I've, I've never terrible. seen a good baby. Yeah. Okay. Here's an. Oh my God! Here's an ad from Mobile Strike again. All right. Now the ad at the bottom just changed to an ad for Scoot. Get the app and ride. Okay. I don't know what that is. It is a service where you can rent a moped. Okay. Uh, here in the city, uh, this seems like, to me, the worst idea in the world because it gets a bunch of people who are inexperienced motorcycle riders riding motorcycles that they don't give a shit about <laughs> in city traffic. Do you, you don't have to have a motorcycle class licensed to ride a moped? Not to ride a moped. Hmm. I guess probably because they don't go as fast. I don't know. Yeah. Because, I mean, otherwise, like, oh, well, you put a you put a battery in the basket of this bicycle now it technically counts as a motorcycle and you have to have a <laughs> you'd never be able to buy a car battery on your bicycle <laughs> which good. how else are you going to get it if you it's need a car battery it's, it's not point. like you can drive there and get it right 
Uh, and I played uh, I played some Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. Mm. Yeah. Which I really liked for like an hour. Um, and then I got to the point where I remembered that 90% of the time when you lose a life, it's because you fell in a pit. <laughs> like this like game. E.T. Yeah, I like that. Um, this This is a game that I like. I really like a lot of it. I really like the combat system, and I really like the leveling system, and I really like the way it's structured, and like the combat is is really like interesting and well tuned, and um, it feels really good. Like sword fighting against a thing with a shield, yeah. Like that got really good in a Link to the Past, in from a top down perspective, but it felt really good in in the Adventure of Link, right? Um, and but no matter how good you get at the sword fighting system, it kind of doesn't matter because you're going to lose your, lose a life by falling in the pit anyway. Yeah. And like the fact that the game has three, like you get three lives. That's is ridiculous. Yeah. Cause extra lives. I feel like extra lives in the adventure of link are kind of like extra lives in mega man, which is to say that they are always placed as rewards at the end of risky environments, which makes them meaningless. Well, and the other thing is that, like, you can't get the, if you if you get an extra life and then you game over, you can't get that you extra get life it again. again yeah. is, it's like every other power up. Yeah. yeah. And they never just pop out as random drops. Right. From the things. Yeah. It's that really felt like a game that, like, shouldn't have had a lives system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Like, I. The, how, the, if you don't have a live system, how are you going to get more and more quarters? That's true. <laughs> an excellent point. Um, they fixed this problem. Not not the, not the lives problem, but I guess they did fix it by just not having them in the next Zelda game. But uh, in starting with Ocarina of Time, if you fall in a pit, it doesn't game over immediately. It You, like, respawn at the beginning of the room. That's true in A Link to the Past, too. Okay. Like, in some of the dungeons, that like the dungeons where you have to hook shot across pits and stuff, if... If you knock enemies in, they're gone. But if you get knocked in, you just respawn at the edge and take, like, half a heart of damage. Right. Which is, like, in, I, I really think the reason they didn't do that, like, I feel like it had to have come up um, in, in, like, design meetings. But I really feel like the reason they didn't do that is that it's ridiculous. That, like, yeah. Yeah, of course you get dead if you fall in a yeah. pit. That's, that's realistic. Right. I mean, it's not like if you're out playing golf and you hit your ball into a water hazard, you don't have to just go home. Right. <laughs> you could, though, if that's the only ball that you have. Yeah, okay. You could have to go home. Yeah. Golf yeah. hardcore mode. Oh, yeah. Just go for a swim. Hitler golf. <laughs> golf with only one ball. <laughs> I get it. Oh. Um, <laughs> is that something about Hitler I didn't know? Yeah. I don't. Is it? Is that apocryphal? I, I don't know. Knows. There's that song about it. Did, uh-huh. it. did Hitler even really exist? I mean, yeah. What I mean, there's facts? also that song about how con- continental soldiers could tie their balls in a. <laughs> no, they could uh, carry their balls over their shoulders. Um, there was a there's graffiti that I posted on Twitter of a um, a sunflower that I could in, in in Berlin a sunflower that I could tell was Hitler because of the mustache and because of the hair. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I was just really impressed that you could convey, like, this is Hitler with just those two features. Oh, sure. I mean, there's, there's, um, and if, whole apparently you could also do that, like, that look like that. <laughs> sure, yeah. Apparently you could also do that with, like, the mustache and then one testicle. <laughs> is the mustache on one of the testicles? I, I guess it would have to be. Okay. 
Yeah. So, like, do you, if do you ever like half neuter a cat? I I don't. Okay, <laughs> that's what I was asking. Yeah, like anybody in the room. No. Ever, okay. No. All right. Me has, either. Has I don't think. I don't off. think. I don't think you do one ball and then send them home and then bring them back in <laughs> and do the other ball. Like that's. Like sometimes you'll have like yeah, you don't like, need a cat like, like that all at once. Like a Eye Japanese dentist, or yeah. Like knee surgery or something. What uh, what caused you to play Adventure of Link? Oh, I finally set up the NES Classic. Oh. Which oh, I got for my birthday. One, huh? Uh yeah, yeah. My nice. um um April got like I think she got a phone call from her brother-in-law that like they he'd he'd seen a couple in stock and she told him to get one. Are you going to do whatever that Russian firmware hack is that lets you load whatever ROMs you want onto it? What? Haven't we had enough Russian hacking? <laughs> yeah, I think they own your votes at that point if you do that riff. Yeah, they just own your lives. So all three of them. I yeah. might have misunderstood, but I got the impression that um, so the said brother-in-law also got one for himself, and I might have misunderstood what he was saying, but I got the impression that he had installed some N64 ROMs on it. Huh? I hadn't heard about that. That seems Which is, unlikely. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree, but I'm going to be looking into it for sure. Maybe he just thinks that Yo Noid is an N64 game. Or maybe he installed 64 ROMs. Uh, okay. okay. That might be what it was. What about you, Kevin? You play any video games? Not really. No. I saw you play a lot of Hearthstone. Yeah. That's about, that's the only game I've been playing to fill the time. That and Type Shift. And West of Loathing. That's true. Someday that'll stop being the case. Yes. What about you, Riff? Uh, I played most of Gnog. I guess it's just pronounced Gnog. Oh, yeah. It's pretty cool. It's uh, it's real cute. What platform are you playing it on? Would PS- you? PS4. It's only on PS4 at this point. Would you yeah. say that game yet. is like vignettes? Um, it's art. The art is is not dissimilar. Yeah, it it, it reminds me of vignettes or of Hohokum. It's more okay. like it's more like uh, puzzle boxy. Uh, okay. So in that way, it's a little bit like the room. How long is it? Uh, it doesn't seem real long. I I finished like two thirds or three quarters of it in one sitting, and my uh, my attention span is all over the place these days. So it probably wasn't a very long sitting. I Kevin, do you? I don't. I don't want to be like insulting about this. But that game was in development for fucking ever. Yeah. And I cannot understand why. Like, what I what I imagined would happen is it would come out and somebody would say, oh, yeah, you know that one robot head puzzle box? This game consists of 256 of those in yeah, sequence. but it's like And a that dozen. was why it took so long. But it's like... I there, don't understand. There's definitely been some changes. There, There's... Um... Like one of the boxes I remembered from the time we saw it at uh, XOXO a couple years ago, and the the puzzle in it had been had been changed pretty thoroughly. So, like one simple explanation might be like I was talking to Brian Gibson who worked on um, what's the rhythm horror game? Oh, the one with where you're the scarab. Yeah. Fuck. What is it called? Oh, Thumper. 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 Yeah. yeah. And that game was in development for seven years, but like five of them was like that both developers had day jobs and it was like mm. a, a weekend thing. 
So like I it, it's very possible that like this was not their primary thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I guess that makes sense. If we were not working on KOL, West of Loathing development would have gotten a lot faster, I think. That's true. Yeah, we do have day jobs. Yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> we're really we're really shirking them. Well, cuz we're we're near the end. Yeah. Do you like it, Riff? Yeah, it's cool. It's um uh the puzzles aren't very difficult it's 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 um uh i don't want to say like a kitty thing but it's it's definitely not hard it, you click right through it pretty much i but, remember uh, there but being it's like attractive a bunch of like and, and uh, you know charming there were a bunch of interactions that you could you could do that weren't necessarily in service of solving the puzzle but that were just sort of delightful just sort of fun yeah there's there's a fair amount of that I feel like that's the kind of thing that, and it's all bespoke art and animation and stuff. Like I don't, there's not much systemy stuff to it. I think. Yeah. So that potentially takes a bunch of time. Yeah. And if you change something, you kind of have to go back to the basics and re redraw it and reanimate it. But yeah, I I, I don't know. I also assumed that there were going to be dozens and dozens of robot heads. Yeah. And it is surprising to hear that there are not that many. Anything else? Maybe they unlock slowly over time. Mm. Well, it, at the beginning of the thing, it, it gives you like a dozen sealed cardboard boxes and they unseal as you progress through the game. So if there's more, then it'll have to it'll have to offer me suddenly a new load of unopened cardboard boxes. OK. Um, the other thing I played was I played some of uh, Orwell. Oh, cool. Have you guys heard about that one? It is, um, it's sort of a, a story driven, um, sort of police state privacy questions investigation sort of deal. Um, you're, you take on the role of uh, a person who is working for a new government counter terror agency, um, that revolves around the beta of this software called Orwell. And I guess the way it works is there, what, what has been determined to be like reasonable to, to quiet all the, the very privacy concerned people in the nation who were troubled about this new, uh, uh, crime task force initiative is that the, the team consists of two people. So it's like you and then your, I guess your partner or your handler, who's an NPC and it's mediated by this Orwell software. And you have access to like police files and uh, newspaper headlines and, and websites and, and phone records and so forth for uh, whoever your current suspect is. And the Orwell software, as you read through all this data, it highlights things that it's identified as relevant facts. And you can drag those into like an upload box and it uploads those facts to your partner. And your partner is the guy who makes all the decisions about, are we going to arrest this guy or, or do I need to ask for uh, permission to add someone else to the suspect list or, or all the, all the sort of, uh, uh, sort of high level investigation things. <laughs> But 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 the catch is he can't see any of the information except for the facts that you see that you send him. 
So the investigation progress is based on the decisions you make uh, of what facts to upload. And uh, sometimes there are like contra there are facts that directly contradict one another, so you can only upload one of them. Um, and it, it's actually a little interesting because uh, I thought it was cool that it presents the software as being imperfect. Uh, it, it like it has no knowledge of context or of like sarcasm. So if a, if a there's a moment where a character on her blog has said, "Man, I'm really living in cloud cuckoo land right now," and it, that gets highlit, and it says, "Address cloud cuckoo land." <laughs> And you can upload right, yeah. that, and your partner is like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And, <laughs> hey, I have a question for you guys. When did uh -huh. "cloud cuckoo land" become a phrase that was everywhere? I've never heard it before. Just now, really? It was in the. Le it figured into the Lego Movie pretty heavily. Okay, hmm, I don't remember but that. I feel like it's that's something where the, that's like, been unicorn floating cat around. Since that was I the was a kid. first time I had ever heard of it. Huh? huh. Weird. I've heard it before. I just I don't know the origin of it. Um, but yeah, or there's, uh, there's another conversation where there's, uh, you eavesdrop on a, on a text, uh, chat, uh, between two female characters, but one of them is actually her boyfriend using her phone and, right. and the boyfriend says, you know, makes a reference to his job and the Orwell software highlights that, but doesn't realize, doesn't recognize that it's the boyfriend speaking and not the person whose phone it is. So if you upload that fact, that can screw up your database and things like right. that. Right, it lists her as being a lawyer or whatever. Right, right. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of interesting. I, it It is a really like, um, I, I did think that was really interesting that like the, the premise of this software is that you are only uploading facts and it's your job to uh to not up to like actively not upload things that are not um interpreted uh, like possible to interpret as true in the context that it, they're they're made yeah get this guess what guess when the origin of the phrase cloud cuckoo land is i'm going to say like the 40s 414 bc what? What? <laughs> Go on. In a play called The Birds by a Greek playwright named Aristophanes, uh, in which Pistheteris, a middle-aged Athenian, persuades the, words, the world's birds to create a new city in the sky to be named Nubicuculia, or Cloud Cuckoo Land. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> huh. So that's weird that that's been around since, you know, that many thousands of years before I was born and I never heard it until yeah. the Lego movie. And somehow you saw the Lego movie, Kevin, and didn't, didn't hear notice. it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing weird. that I kind of liked that I thought was nice about um, this story is that your NPC partner is a fairly reasonable guy. Um, I've, I've played other games sort of in this vein where your handler is all like, oh, draconian yeah, okay. super draconian. That's I know for a fact, this suspect is a terrorist. Give me information so I can convict this terrorist, terrorist, terrorist. But this, the, the guy in Orwell is like, like if you, if you upload the information that this suspect, uh, happened to be at the bomb site because she takes the bus to work from there every morning, then he'll be like, oh, okay, maybe this is just a coincidence. And he, he seems, uh, you know, he's, he's like a normal guy and not just a, 
not just an evil government robot man. Right. The the, the draconianness comes from um, the law that like data in the Orwell database must like has to be enforced, has to be acted on. Right. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a decent. Seems like a decent story. Um, I I kind of stopped playing it because I I I guess I missed an important fact somewhere and and uh, failed to prevent a bombing that could have been prevented, and so that was kind of a bummer. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's uh, worth you, it's you were worth breaking up. Did you say the game ended or you? Just no, I, I I I the game. There's there is a point at which a bomb either. Uh, a bombing either happens or doesn't because of your because of your decisions and and I and possibly I I'm not entirely sure of this but it seemed like there might have been a time limit it seemed like I might have uploaded a bunch of stupid irrelevant facts that caused a <laughs> counter to to tick down because I was right. I was giving it like well okay so the her favorite type of muffin is banana nut here you go that's a fact and my partner right. was like what are you, come on man <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah uh, so, later on there actually is like an exposed literal countdown like that oh really okay so yeah maybe that is what happened. But yeah, I'll I'll probably get back to it at some point. It, it, uh, the they for like they I feel like they got the interface really nice, and since this game is all interface, that's super important. Is it? It's one of those games that is like a fake OS that yeah. you're using. Yeah. Like a like a Sybil or a Hypnospace Outlaw or a Her Story. Yeah, and is Hypnospace or, uh, Outlaw yet out yet? No, no. Okay. The Kickstarter only ended a few months ago. Huh, I thought it'd been longer than that. Oh, I guess maybe it has. I don't know. It's not out yet, though. I don't know how much time passes between anything and anything anymore. It turns out Cloud <laughs> Cuckoo Land is like t- two thousand four hundred years old. But yeah, that's what I've been playing. I played some of. Uh, they released an iOS version of Race for the Galaxy, the the card game, and I had spent a lot of time playing there is a there is a like really low fi unauthorized but also pseudo authorized version of it that you can get for free same uh, same game the same game yeah on the on the just it's it's just a piece of software it's just a video game version of race for the galaxy but it really doesn't like explain the rules or anything and it hmm. doesn't it's not real good at communicating stuff if you don't already really know how the game works this is much much nicer um I can't speak to how entertaining it would be or how comprehensible it would be if you didn't already know how to play Race for the Galaxy. Um, this is a very difficult game to learn how to play. You need to. It's I mean one of the things where you kind of have to know what the cards are to make. Yeah, decisions. you can't be good at it without also knowing the deck. Yeah. Um, and what's nice is that if you're playing a computer version of it, you can just play a hundred games of it in the time that it would take to play one game. Uh, the AI also, even the easy AI in the, the old, I keep wanting to call it a web version, but it's not a web version. It's just the standalone PC version. Even the easy AI is just incredibly hard. Hmm. And this one, I think it just makes deliberately bad decisions if you're playing on easy. Um, I found it almost impossible to play on the phone uh, because you can't actually read the cards unless you hold on them to zoom into them. Mm. Uh, but on the iPad, it was fine. Um, I've continued to play a lot more Prey. 
Still liking it, except I sort of walked away from it a few days ago because I got frustrated with the difficulty, and now I know that when I go back to it, I'm just, like, I have just, like, bolted through all of these enemies into a place where I'm in a lot of danger and I'm completely out of ammo for every gun that I have, and so I'm now just sort of fucked. And like, Could you change the difficulty to easy? I probably should change the difficulty to easy. It's just, you know how a lot of games... They'll have three difficulty settings, easy, normal, and hard, and then sometimes like super murder hard or whatever. Right. And normal will be will describe itself as the way the game is intended to be played. I get the sense that it is probably almost always the case that hard is the way the game was intended to be played. And then they made it normal because they realized that was too hard for most people. But then easy is always described as... A mode with no challenge at all. Yeah, or like, if you have never played a video game. If you've never played a video game before, do this. If you only care about the story, do this. And it's like, well... It's like, yeah, fuck fuck you. (laughs) I just... Like, what I would like is for the enemies to move 20% slower. Like, that would... That would make it not really, really hard. Like... Um, And it's, you know, it is intentionally... And a lot of podcasts have been talking about this, and and I think that the general consensus is that like for in this kind of game typically you are pretty safe taking just like hacking skills and repair skills and skills that like let you see new things and unlock new areas and stuff like that because combat is kind of going to take care of itself or you can avoid most of it and in this one i think that they really if you want combat to be easy, you need to put points in making yourself good at combat because otherwise it's going to be real hard. Does, like if you if all you have is like nerd skills, you're going to be like a nerd surrounded by giant dangerous monsters <laughs> on this space station and they're going to kill you. Does the difficulty only affect combat? I don't know. You can't hack, I would hack your enemies and beat so, them that way. No. You can put turrets out, but almost every turret dies in one hit from most of the monsters, oh, which is weak. Could yeah, and also you have this your turret. You have a. I think that you you can if you up your repair skill enough, you can get the ability to like fortify a turret, which I'm assuming makes them more durable. So, I mean, since that's what the word fortify means, <laughs> um, no, that's you, just another it part makes of the them bird. louder. You have this gun that like the the glue gun thing that shoots the the great stuff globs that you can use to like disable enemies and hold them in place which is tactically interesting except that the difficult enemies in like the mid game start to get these psionic attacks which are basically spells that they're casting that they can do whether they're moving or not and almost I think what is happening a lot of the time because I sort of eventually figured this out is that what they are doing is not like shooting a projectile at you but causing an AOE attack to occur where you are hmm. and so it usually my experience of getting killed in this game is me hearing the the like music strike that indicates that I've been killed saying the fuck happened and then quick loading and then moving really fast to the left to see if I can avoid getting killed. Uh, and sometimes sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. Um, but it is... 
There was a long time where there was this one enemy that I thought that this enemy's power was that it split in two, but I don't know if that's real or if I was just always fighting two of them. <laughs> Everything moves really, really fast, and I'm old now. Are you the prey? Is that the idea? I imagine, okay. yeah. Yeah. Or you're supposed to pray to the Lord Jesus Christ to get you through this. Right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, maybe I should, like, it would be dumb to not play it, but like, I'm used to playing games like this on normal difficulty, right? Like I'm used to, it's like I feel like in Dishonored, since you're trying to avoid killing people, by and large, you, you know, that game really empowers stealth, and so you can knock things out or whatever. And here, you get these mind-controlled human enemies, which they try pretty hard narratively to get you to not want to kill them, right? And if you kill the, like, mind control, they're like the Zerg overseers, kind of. Um, one way to kill them is by emptying all of the ammo from every single one of your guns into it. Um, there's some sort of, there's like a grenade that you can use that I think makes it stop shooting for a few minutes. It's also not... It's not entirely clear how the combat systems work to me in this game. Like, different things have different vulnerabilities and 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 uh, resistances, but, like, the only reliable way I think that you have of doing, like, a particular element of damage is if you slot skill points into these powers. Um, and also, like, the more of those mental alien powers you slot, the closer you get to the point where all turrets will assume that you're an alien and shoot you, which is oh, wow. sort of interesting. Um, and, like, I took one. The, there's a skill that lets you do the mimic thing where you become a coffee cup or whatever. And I was like, well, that'll be a cool mobility thing because there's a bunch of spaces that you can get into if you can become the size of a coffee cup. Uh, but I really regret spending the points on that because I hardly ever use it. And I wish that I had spent some of my skill points on survivability. Like, what I want to do, I think, is run out of the space that I'm in and just go back and kind of comb earlier levels for more crap that I can pick up to feed into the recycler to, like, make more ammo. Mm. It's interesting. This is, I guess, a little bit of a mechanical slash plot spoiler. You get the ability to make skill points in the fabricator machines, mm. but once you've made, like, eight of them it triggers a plot event where they're like, oh man, one of the people that works on these fabricators really left kind of a kind of a problematic thing in here as a prank. Uh, he made it so this thing only has a limited number of licenses to print these skill points. So if you want to make any more of those, you're <laughs> going to have to like find this guy's office and undo this thing that he did on his computer. Like, oh, I see. Like They, they figured That's out cute. that once you give the player the ability to make skill points, no one is ever going to fabricate anything else as long as they have the materials to make skill points because it's like... That sounds you know. interesting. Yeah. And, like, it was a pretty, like, ham-fisted deus ex machina, but it, like, makes sense in the context of the fiction, and it's like, oh, that's kind of clever. Like, and it's funny th that this... you need a license to print, like, a software license for skill points. Yeah. Yeah. Well, except there are these physical devices that, like, it looks like a Viewmaster, except when you put it up to your eye, it, like, s shoots needles into your eye. Oh, good. Oh, and I like rewires your rewires that's... your synapses. Yeah. God. Yeah, it's pretty good. No wonder they don't want you to make many of those, because that's <laughs> awful. Mm -hmm. Jesus. Yeah. 
Does does yeah, do they, you, is is there like a picture in there of like <laughs> like a photograph of of whatever's gonna stab got, your eye? A clown with a scalpel. Yeah, or like just <laughs> some guy's dick that he's gonna stab your eyeball with, or. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, Prey's pretty good. And then I, I've continued to play um, Heroes of the Storm. I saw you win a match. Yeah. Well, I mean, I always win them because it's I only play against weak AI. Oh, I, I, didn't, <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were playing against other humans. No, I have played one game against other humans, which we similarly... I, I was like, ah, oh, man, I... I actually by accident hit the quick play button which I realized was going to put me in a match with other humans and as soon as I got into the match I typed hey I'm really inexperienced and I'm probably really bad at this so I would really appreciate it if somebody would just tell me what to do and I'll do it like I don't want to fuck things up for the team or whatever and then another person on the team said yeah me too and then a third person on the team said yeah me too actually (laughs) Um, I'm like huh well okay I mean that's cool at least At least no one's going to be mad. And then we just, like, kicked the other team's asses. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, Five people who... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, so I don't know. I mean, like, that. I think I just got lucky. Also, I mean... It might be matchmaking. Matchmaking, yeah. Making, yeah. Really good matchmaking. You know, it's weird. As much as the world seems to have decided that Heroes of the Storm was, like, a failure and there's nobody playing it, it never takes more than, like, five seconds to get into a match. So, like, there are constantly people playing it all the time. Uh, well, but, I mean, 100,000 people playing this game is peanuts compared to... To a Dota. 100, 100 million playing League of Legends or whatever, right? So... I guess that's true. But, uh, but yeah, and you, you wouldn't need that many people to be able to get a match pretty quickly. Exactly. You know, and I think a lot of people just play... You get a lot of, like, daily quests to play AI matches or daily quests to play a certain kind of hero, and you can do that in an AI match. Right. So, I think... Playing AI matches, the matchmaking is pretty quick because other people just want to, like, they just kind of want to have a little fun RTS mission. Like, I mean, RTSs are fun because you're going to win, right? Like, I, to me, like, single-player content in RTSs is sort of where it's at. Now, competitive RTSs are fun if you like friends with the other person and approximately similar skill level, but... I don't know. It's good. It's good. A good video game. It's very polished. You'd never expect that from Blizzard, really. But right. <laughs> I've been trying out a variety of different heroes, but all you can search for easy, and it will list only the heroes that are listed as easy to play, or like not that their abilities are not complicated. Hmm. Which that's pretty nice. Do they are, are any of them support? Yes. Hmm. Uh, there are a couple of healers that are listed as easy to play. Okay. Um, yeah, it's I think that the ones that are difficult to play probably become easier to play the more experience you have playing the easy ones. Like you start to understand how the maps work. You start to like by virtue of playing against these other characters, you start to like get a feel for like, oh, this guy is the one that can like stun me and pull me towards him or whatever. Um, anyway. uh, hey, do you guys want to talk about the assignment? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. okay. So the assignment is uh, what remains of Edith Finch. I, Tom Francis was lamenting on the last episode of Crate and Crowbar uh, that apparently a couple episodes in a row we talked for a long time about the assignment without ever saying the name of it. <laughs> oh, um, and and listeners in the past have have observed that a lot. And uh, here's here is what I propose to uh, to stop this from happening, listeners. We're going to tell you what next week's assignment is. 
And what I want you to do is say the name of the assignment, record it, <laughs> and email me at vghotdog at gmail.com, just a sound file of you saying the name of the assignment. And however many of those we get, I will thread in to the discussion about the assignment. So however badly you want us to repeat the name of the assignment is how much we will repeat the name of the assignment. Um, and by we, we mean you. By you, yeah. So the other way you could do it is just by playing them all at once. Yeah, that's if what we I get was enough. Is, if we get enough, we'll play them all at once. Just this crazy yeah. chorus, which would be great because you probably couldn't understand it. Yeah, right. but we would have said it like eighty times. Right. Um. So yeah, this assignment: What remains of Edith Finch? Yeah. Uh, Kevin, do you want to just describe this? Like, spend fifteen seconds describing what this game is. Uh, it is a first-person sort of walking game through a house and the sort of memories of people who lived and died there. Yeah, all of whom sort of died in weird accidents. And, yeah. and the house is, is really astonishingly cluttered and has a lot of very cool secret panels. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, I mean, the secret passages are all in service of making a serpentine single linear path through a a space that still feels like a very large, complicated, fancy, rich person's house until you get to the roof, at which point Mm -hmm. it turns into like, I don't know, the buildings in the back of a Dink and Duff comic strip in Boy's Life magazine. (laughs) I feel like they justify it pretty well just by having a crazy person do it. Yeah, oh yeah, somebody like just, yeah, seals the, up all the seals up all the doors using great stuff. Yeah. Or in just the just the conceit of like this family has been living in this house for a long time and the tradition is that when someone dies they don't repurpose their room. They just keep it the way it was left, which means eventually you need more rooms, so they just got piled up on top of the roof. The tradition worked out really well for the developers of this game. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just a true story. This whole thing is just, mm, just yeah. a real. It's an autobiographical video game. I was I I was, re- was really surprised that at the very beginning of the game, there's like a like a missing persons poster, and there's a phone number on it, which is just the actual phone number to a place in the world. For because this is an actual island that exists in the world. Did oh. you call it? I didn't, but I wasn't because it's like a fire it's like a police station or whatever hmm. so wait do you know that it's a police station I looked it, I looked it up on the internet huh and it's it's on a bunch of different websites as the phone number to this place so huh? Could so be either either they did an extremely good job of peppering the internet with uh misinformation about misinformation hmm. or it's just a <laughs> misinformation about how to contact the police yeah <laughs> that's a it's a really good uh it's I really didn't, admirable is, this is a real island that this takes place on? Orcas Island? Huh. Yeah, I think so. We can look it up right now if you're if you're curious. Orcs but, Orcs Island. Yeah, Orcs Island. So yeah, you yeah. go through the house, you you interact with a in my mind extremely disappointingly small number of interactable elements, yeah. some of which are like books or other like sort of narrative delivery devices which then throw you into variable length vignettes yeah, about little short that stories. are sort of like meta like first person metaphorical 
uh, vignettes about how the person died. Mm -hmm. Um, Many of them were children. Um, And some of them are really clever and really fun, and some of them are kind of dull and... uh, (sighs) They're all different styles. Yeah. 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 There's one... They seem to... Like, the writing seems to be in pace or in tone with the appropriate style for that. Not only the genre of the delivery mechanism, but also, like, the age of the character. And it worked out right. well. I liked it. The age of the character and the, and the time in which they lived. Because they're yeah. it goes all the way back to the... It goes all the way back to the early 1900s, really. Because um, it's been... This whole... This family has been dying over the past century. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and it's it's really hard to tell well uh, maybe it's not hard to tell i so what i wanted out of this game was what i sort of thought that i was sold in the marketing which was that you get these like metaphorical versions of this person's experience and then you can figure out based on context clues of the stuff that's lying around in their spaces like what actually happened to them hmm. um and because the you know their deaths are often pretty fantastical in the vignettes and often it's like pretty clear what happened but often it's not yeah um, like the first one the the little girl was was not clear to me how she died yeah, unless it was because she, she ate all that toothpaste she, well was, she, she dreamed that there was a monster under the bed and then the monster ate her she, yeah, she eats the holly berries. I think. Which uh, are I thought maybe poisonous. that was what it was. Although, <laughs> and, and you're not forced to eat them in the memory. So, are you sure? Yeah, I didn't. Huh. Okay. It. I found myself really wanting there to be way, way more stuff to do in the like. I didn't spend a lot of time. I like I Amelia and I played this sort of sort of co-op. Like a lot of the time, I. Well, started out this way because she was eating a popsicle when we sat down to start playing, and so she was on WASD and I was on the mouse <laughs> um, it, for the for the opening parts of it. But then we ended up spending a lot of the game like that, and just didn't spend a ton of time uh, nosing around nosing around things that didn't have the highlight on them for for things that were going to be inter- interactable, and mm-hmm. all of the things with the little signal on them, like result in some VO and some text, right? So they were expensive. Uh, they had to like pick it. Were there interactables that didn't get that highlight? No. Okay. Not really. I mean, there are like peepholes that you can look through. Right. Um, man, I, did you guys have trouble? I, cause I had a lot of trouble, uh, with like accidentally like going up and down a set of stairs, like four times trying to, especially in, uh, Lewis's room, I think. That rope. Like, oh, constantly, no. accidentally climbing that rope up and down was a thing that happened four or five times in a row. It, it, I was the one that where it's inside the boat. If you turn around, it just immediately takes you back outside. And then if you turn oh. around again, you go back inside. And, like, mm. huh. all I, I wanted to do was that look didn't happen me. to me, but I was playing on PS4. So maybe it's. Mm. Maybe it's a The thing, thing that, yeah. like, that happened to me like that was, like, I had a lot of trouble closing books. 
Oh, yeah. So I learned uh, I that would... if you just hold down the left mouse button, it will just close the book. Oh, nice. Without you having to move to do the action. Because yeah. a lot of the a lot of the things that you interact with, like you put your hand out on the door and then you have to like move up to lift to lift a handle. Yeah, it's to... never clear whether you're supposed to move up or down, and, and one of them to... always resets the animation instead of and doing. You have the to thing move it like a, a long lot. distance. Like yeah. I turned the mouse sensitivity all the way up. And yeah, you still have too. to move it a long distance. I guess I didn't turn it all the way. I do. You guys find. And in general, that WASD and mouse controlled stuff always defaults to having the mouse sensitivity turned down way too low. Uh, like I pretty much always just Frequently. double or triple uh, the mouse sensitivity like first thing. Yeah, same. Um, and I guess, you know, the way that it is by default is probably more akin to how fast you can do stuff if you're using a controller. But like, that's why I don't like using a controller. Yeah. Um, the idea of having to like pick up the mouse and carry it over to the other side of your mouse pad and then move it again to like just to turn around or to close yeah. a door or close yeah. a book. Yeah. yeah. It's like, um, you know, whereas in, in something like Firewatch, they had a lot of bespoke animations like that, but they just play them. It's like, because like, <laughs> what do you, you don't, there isn't a person who, you know, what I wanted to do was close that book halfway and then drop it and turn around. Like, right. Yeah, I don't know. It's only it was only a, a minor frustration, but it was like it is weird for a thing that has so few interactions for so many of those interactions to be like difficult to engage with on purpose. I wonder if that was a design decision to make sure you wouldn't find the basement key accidentally. You can't. You can't. Oh. Which is incredibly disappointing to me. Yeah, the game is actually extremely linear. It, it gives the impression of being like non-linear and that you have choices but you don't really there's just this kind of clever thing where halfway through you learn how to go a different direction out of a space that you'd already been in by like oh you know that you at a certain point you found this music box and if you turn the crank the music box would open up but if you keep turning it the handle comes out and is actually a, a secret hidden key except that apparently and i thought oh that means you could do these out of order that's cool and i thought maybe that's what the 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 list of people is on a kind of a family tree which is not at all like a family tree. It's just like a picture of a tree with some names on it at different points. That's totally a family tree. Is it? Yeah. Ah, man. All the people I, every, all the people on each tier are siblings. Huh. Okay. I didn't get that at all. Like, I don't remember any of the people's names. Like, when people on podcasts talk about this, I don't ever know who they're talking about until they, like, describe the, oh, this is the one at the fish cannery. Or, oh, that's you know, this is the, that was a great that's list. That was real good. Yeah. Um... That one has a pretty, really bad bug that I encountered oh, really? a bunch. Mm. Yeah, if there's like a staircase where if you're walking up, if you aren't careful and you like hit one of the guards on the staircase, it just locks you in place. Oh. The only way to get out of it is to quit and reset, and I hit it four times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. But the, the integration... You should have done better QA on this. The the, 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 the the integration of the story of that one with how, with like the video game context is brilliant i was really impressed by that yeah Having no that to, one's real to do good. your stupid cannery job with your right hand while you're controlling the fantastical fairy tale adventure with the left hand that was awesome and how it basically takes you through like the whole progression of like video game development through history yeah <laughs> um there is what the vignette where you're flying the kite 
I also thought was pretty fun, but I wanted it to be 10 times as grandiose and, and twice as long. Sure. Like hmm. it got like, just as it was starting to get good, it ends. I think it's worth making the point that this game would definitely not be better without a story. Yeah. <laughs> that's the whole, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. the whole. And it's a story that would, right. it's a story that would not be nearly as interesting out if it weren't a video game. Right. <sighs> So in, that's that's the in response to your like question about the like closing books and stuff like that. I feel like that is maybe an attempt to make it more visceral, like like feel like yeah, that you are yeah. actually moving in the world in I, a way. I think that is the intent, but I think it fails it utterly. Fails. Okay. Yeah. Well, like just like closing a book in real life has none of the frustration of like oh my mouse banged into the keyboard so I didn't move it far enough and I didn't have any of those problems but I don't but I also didn't have mouse sensitivity issues so I'm not sure yeah my mouse is not too sensitive or or un- insensitive it's just sensitive enough I bet it would have been better with a controller yeah I, I didn't I bet it would have been better without a story that you guys are yeah. complaining about yeah it, I mean, I think he even, Bogost in that article even calls this out as like, you know, this was fine. Right? I mean. Uh, he, he's talked about liking it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's a thing I that's really, much greater than the sum of its parts because of yeah. the integration. I really liked all the vignettes. Yeah. I, I guess I kind of wish that there was more of a like, I don't know, coherent story that had a payoff that was amelia's yeah main impression of it was she she really liked it but wished that there had been something to like tie yeah. it yeah. together to make you care it's really about just I mean, a, a book of short stories with kind of a framing conceit <clears throat> yeah also like are six of the characters named edith there's an edith and an edie who's yeah. edith senior there's yeah. just two of them. Only two. Yeah. But aren't you also named Edith? You're one of well, the two. You're one of the two. <sighs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So so Edie, Edie, who like the person who's always referred to as Edie is Edith Senior, and you you throughout most of the game are Edith Junior. Okay. Right. I remember her saying at one point, I don't I'm not used to thinking of myself as Edith Junior. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh did you guys ever know anyone who had a room like that from someone who died like a room that was just preserved yeah i did not i I hadn't thought about this in a long time but when i was when i was growing up um during the summer i would stay with my grandma in the like town one over and uh it was like you, you would just sort of be friends with whoever lived in your neighborhood and was approximately your age, you know, that was, was within a few blocks. And so I just had this like group of friends that I only hung out with during the summers. Um, but one of them was a kid whose older brother had died. Um, his older brother was probably like, like early teens when he died. And the, and the, the story that I, that I have in my head that I would, I would think that this was just a thing that, that kids had gotten wrong and made up, except I'm pretty sure I heard it from my parents. And I'm pretty sure that I like verified as an adult that this was actually what had happened. Like the kid, he and some people had like gone swimming in a pond that had, that a cow had died and fallen into and just got some sort of like infectious blood disease. 
from Jesus. that and died. And his his room was like it wasn't off limits exactly like because we would go in there every once in a while and like and it was like okay for my friend to go into his brother's room and like we'd go in there and like play with that that dude's toys and stuff but the, the his mom never let us in there very long and that's it was a it was a weird scene like i mean it makes sense that in in that era when like we basically all of us except that kid like you'd get up in the morning and leave and get on your bike and then you'd go home when it was dinner time you know mm-hmm. like there was n- and you had no supervision at all ever right um but like he just was basically not ever allowed to leave the house um so we just always like anytime we were like playing with him we were at his house um because his parents would never like, they would never let him out yeah and, and it's very very regimented like we, if if we Jeez. were there when it got to be three o'clock it was like all right everybody leave right now it is time for a mark to practice the drums for for <laughs> an hour yeah. um but and then in a lot of other ways they like really spoiled him so he just had like a shitload of video games so we would play a lot of video games over there because he just had all of them um wow and, like i have no idea like what happened with that dude when it got to be time for him to go to college but this game, like, reminded me of that, like, weird thing that I hadn't thought of in a really long time. Um, How long had the older brother been dead when you... Several years. Um, longer now. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I mean, I don't actually know if... I don't know if uh, his parents are still alive, even. Yeah. They probably are. They weren't that much older than my parents. I, I can... I think it's a lot less weird for the, like to be like in the early stage of the grieving process and preserve like some sort of memorial in that form yeah than it is to like 15 years later still be in that sort of mindset it'd be weird because like what are you going to do with that room like converted into an office like you'd have to have somebody else do the 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 cleanup i think yeah maybe maybe not i don't know or you can just seal up the doors and make it so the only way in and out is through one single one-way secret passage. Right. How did they contrive in this game for the... Because a lot of them were just one-way passages, right? What do you mean by one-way passages? Weren't a lot of them... They had you... locks on one side. Is that what you mean? You, but weren't there points where you just couldn't go back to earlier points in the game? Yeah, but I mean, that's just because the game, if you tried to go through, like, nothing would happen. It, like... Okay, right. But it, it was just like it. What there wasn't any like narrative explanation for it's why like, you couldn't go back through like this tunnel. It was just like you would lose the ability to like click on it or whatever. Yeah. That's pretty dissatisfying. Yeah, I mean, and it's also like if you so you went through the the pop up book in the bathroom, like that opened that sort of opened up the another secret passage right out of the pink bathroom. If you then go back out to the hallway and look through the peephole, that passage is closed. They didn't make two different states for that room hmm. so like i kind of feel like, of like i i stuff I, like that i remember hearing mechanisms like that closing behind me as i was leaving i always i always turned around and it was just an open oh, really? door hmm. that you couldn't go through again hmm. just a lot of invisible walls in places it it is interesting i think to contrast this with gone home Right. This is yeah. this is way more of a like in some ways it is way more of a video game than Gone Home because it like has monsters and shit in it and like weird things that you're doing that aren't things that a person could do, but it is like less like a video game than Gone Home because it has like zero puzzles in it whereas Gone Home has like three 
very, very simple puzzles. Right. Um, but that are nevertheless enough to like put people off who don't right. play a lot of games, right? And so it's... Yeah. So, I mean, Gone Home was basically random access. You could go anywhere in the house yeah. almost almost right away. And like if you knew the secrets, you could go basically... You could go almost everywhere. I felt like I finished Gone Home knowing a lot more about all of the characters in the Greenbrier family than I knew about any of the characters in so, I mean, so I think the you're, Finch family. Well, you're only just that. So- like you... you I I cared about the characters way more even in the first 15 minutes of Gone Home than I ever did about the characters in this game. I think you're only really supposed to care about Edith. Which Edith? Well, both actually, okay. but but like cuz they're the two characters that are the most sort of sympathetic in the like in the the, thing. the protagonist like the the first time I learned something about the protagonist was when she revealed that she was pregnant like an hour into the game. There's a point where she you learned that she had gone and met her the father of her child. I don't remember that. I think you're thinking of Dawn. The one who went to India. Oh. That's her mom. <sighs> Fuck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have no fucking idea any of what was going on in the story of this game. Yeah. I was actually pretty pleased with the revelation that she was pregnant because I'd been, I I had like noticed. The, uh, yeah, the I had noticed that it like, looked oh, like that's weird. She, maybe she's pregnant, and and then it turned out, oh yeah, oh I'm. An, I'm <laughs> yeah, but a you didn't want to ask because you didn't want it to be awkward if she wasn't. <laughs> yeah, <Right>. exactly. <laughs> maybe the Finches would lose their family curse if they hadn't broken every single mirror in the giant house. <laughs> Wait, is the family oh, you know, curse just that they all die? They're just yeah. That's not really. That's glass. not that unique or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's not really uh, so much a literal curse as just you know right the, the curse the, of humanity, you know, the human condition yeah. of Edith Finch. Right. Um, I mean, I like that they all so, die like, really tragically and weirdly. Right. If you if you've played the game once and you play through it again, you notice a lot more details like early on there's like an article about a mole man who lives under the house yeah oh yeah, yeah right right about her telling the story about the mole man okay yeah, yeah. And, no and so don I'm, was like, really pissed that that Edie had talked to a reporter about it because there really because was, it was somebody, true yeah, yeah uh, okay that makes totally sense because it, it definitely it definitely pitches that as a thing that she was pissed about because like stop making up crazy stories yeah. mom right Edie is don's mom right yes. okay it's Edie uh, don edith okay yeah um i I wish that I had had time to play through it again. Um, I think I think you will get more out of it, but I think it will not change your overall opinion of yeah, the game. Yeah, the, the thing that I want to do is, I, like, I kind of want to just skip the vignettes. And you can, you basically can. I think I think Rebecca is the only one. Not about Rebecca. Barbara is the only one that you have to do because that's where you learn about the basement key. Oh, weird. Okay, yeah. it won't let you progress without that. Um, we went into the. The, uh, uh, well, I mean, that's, that might not be true. I think you might need to do Molly's to to get the window open. There's there's a couple that you have to do, but I, I'm not. They're not not just very many because of weird yeah. quest flag logic. Basically, yeah. yeah. Um, we went into the the room that was like spl- split blue and red, and Amelia said, "Oh, this person's bedroom was Firewatch themed because <laughs> the the walls oh, are yeah. just painted." It totally to... is. Like if you go up to that, if you go up into that little, yeah, landing, it's it like it a really fire, looks like fire Firewatch. Tower, yeah. Um, 
Man, that the, the secret purpose, the secret right? passage like, out of that room was fucking great. The, oh, the like the the books that all yeah like, like the oh garage yeah those, door the, the bookshelf that yeah. turns out to be a garage door yeah that was pretty cool yeah I just want a game that is nothing but a house like that but all you're doing is finding all of the secret passages yeah mm. and <laughs> some of them are really a, hard a, a and house like, of, like that actual, actual puzzles to solve a house so like that except every like object in the house is interactable the way it is in yeah Gone home. And everything belonged to a wizard. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I know I know this would be insanely expensive, like in terms of resources. But I wish that every book was a different book. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I'm sure they did and, as many as they felt they could afford to do. But yeah, you could still just, see the seams. Yeah, even in even in a really asset light game like Quadrilateral Cowboy or whatever, like I think you just can't do that many books. If you, it's so, weird. Here, here's what do a do just a generator. Right, like well, a right. font, color, book title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or just pull data from Project Gutenberg. Well, you're not going to know what the spines of books look like, yeah. right? Yeah, you. Would you don't to... want things like running off the side of the book to, <laughs> to the surrounding areas. The, um, you don't want every book to be hard carriage returned at eighty characters. <laughs> no, I don't. Man, I want to just take whoever made the decisions <laughs> about Project Gutenberg and just grab them by the lapel and <laughs> shake the dumb ideas out of them and send them back in time. <laughs> God, how hard would it have been for you to just decide to make them normal fucking text files? You could. You could I mean, that's just a single find place, though. Yeah, but yeah, sort of. That data is real messy, too. Is it? Yeah. Um more I, like Project Bat- Battenberg, right? <laughs> yep. Project Hindenburg. <laughs> yeah. When 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 Steve Gutenberg has that transporter accident is split into Steve Gutenberg and Steve Battenberg. <laughs> With the goatee. Yeah. <laughs> um, I uh I really like the Milton story. The, Which one's Milton? Oh, the he's flip the, book? He's, yeah, he's the little artist kid. Yeah, oh, cool. right, because that's that's him disappearing and becoming their other game, yes. right? Like yeah. it, that, oh, that really? is, mm. he paints a door and then that and disappears into the beginning of the unfinished Swan. Yeah. Oh, okay, I never played that. That's interesting. That's cool. Yeah, For, and that's that's why that's why I was like, if you have played that game, there is a moment which just kind of blows your mind. They need to do the like. Ready Player One thing where that vignette then just becomes play the entirety of oh, The Unfinished yeah. Swan, <laughs> except that every boss in The Unfinished Swan is B-movie in its entirety, except every time they say B, it's replaced by starting uh, the over. entire video of All-Star by Smash Mouth. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I never actually played The Unfinished Swan. It's pretty good. I didn't finish it, but it's... <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> the still unfinished swan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know that I have much more to say about this. Uh, I like it. A lot of it is gonna stick with me, just mm. in terms of imagery. And yeah, I remember he's done a really good job of being evocative. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. mix. I'm gonna mix. And Jake 
on Idle Thumbs also mentioned this. There is a lot of stuff about moving around that house that I am going to mix up with Resident Evil 7. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, like, uh, just structurally in terms of like, ah, oh, these are some like planks on the outside of a house and you got to go out and go in a window from the outside or whatever. There's just, like, there's not that many ways to take like a fairly like realistically architecturally designed house and make it into a video game level so you know a limited number of tricks you, your tweet Jim that you, you're getting tired of games about families that are rich enough that their houses count as level design right you should play like I guess what you want is something like um Stalker or Player Unknown's Battlegrounds or whatever, where you're in a lot of like sort of brutalist apartment blocks. Right. Right. Where Slayer, so it's sort of the Slayer opposite shot. of that. This is these are people so poor that collectively their housing <laughs> counts as level design. Right, there was a, when you cram two hundred of them in one place. Like one of the replies to that tweet was, um, "There should be so something like along the lines of propositing a game where you explore a hundred apartments and find out what happened to the occupants." And the spoiler, it was capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> the curse of Adam. Yep. None of the apartments in Deus Ex Mankind Divided were all that complicated, except for the fact that, like, you could cl- crawl through the vents, right? Yeah. Right. I guess that becomes a... There's some that of that in the, like, level design. Silent Hills 2 and 4. More Do you guys so have dreams four, about they were more self-contained in four, right? Secret passages in your childhood house. No, I had a friend who had a couple of secret passages in his house for real, and they were awesome. Mm-hmm. Like they, like it was, it was a they had built their own house, and when when they were building it, they were like, "We're gonna make this awesome bedroom for our kid," and it was a bookcase that you could open it up, and then there was like a, just a private little room in there that then like had an exit out into the the garage by itself and it was hmm. just super super it's cool great for s- sneaking out to smoke weed exactly <laughs> they, they, they were prescient i remember i saw a website somewhere or like a, a, a imger gallery or something like that about some some parents had had a, a the bedroom that they were putting their new newly born son into had like a uh not exactly a not exactly a secret passage, but it had like a walk-in closet with a small door, and so they like painted over the door and put the put a dresser in front of it and didn't tell the kid that it was there and until like for his twelfth birthday they like decorated the inside of that closet and pushed the pushed the dresser over while he was <laughs> at school. <laughs> I I I kind of wish that you just wouldn't tell them. And then I'm I'm really surprised the kid like didn't know about it. Yeah, I feel like you yeah. just you, like you just discover these things over time. But how how often did you move your furniture around when you were a kid? No, I don't know. A little bit. It was a I, big I dresser, so maybe it was a heavy heavy oak. Yeah, that thing might be all it was. There was a there's a couple of like secret things in my fraternity house, and they would like when new freshmen would move in, they would sort of hint at their existence but you were never t- sure if they were just joking about them and so <laughs> and presumably some of them you were joking about and some of them you weren't exactly yeah that's pretty good and and then the night that, that like we found one of them like we just lost our shit it was so good hmm. yeah a friend of mine talked about when he was growing up 
his sister would play loud music early in the morning before school and he was really irritated by this so he installed a switch on his side of the wall <laughs> that would turn the power, power off to that socket <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good yeah apparently she never figured out to plug it into a different socket uh what's our next assignment riff uh, it was, uh, I can, I can picture the game and I can't think of what the title of it was. It Bomb is called Bomb Squad, Squad Academy. Academy. That's right. Okay. So listeners, email to vghotdog at gmail.com and, 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 an audio file of you saying Bomb Squad Academy. <laughs> you can say another word or two if you want, but not, this is not an opportunity for you to be a guest on the podcast. This is just an opportunity for us to say the name of the game more uh, in, in without us actually having to endure the labor of saying <laughs> Bomb Squad Academy over and over again. You could, do, but in fact, enduring the voice. much greater labor of editing it into. This is, is going to be an interesting exercise yeah. for you, Zach. You should collectively come up with a puzzle that you can encode in all of your audio files. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a group, that sounds it's a group great. Project. Yeah. All right, start a thread, guys. Do it. Eh, start a private Slack channel. Start a private Slack channel, guys. We won't look. We promise. Um, <laughs> oh, we're not going to solve it. I'm way too lazy for, yeah, for, this this for the try. other people yeah. who don't get involved to solve. Uh, do you guys know who this episode of uh, Video Games Hot Dog was brought to us by? No. Hmm. Patreon backer Veggie Panini. Oh. I'm glad I found out. <laughs> Sorry. That backer sounds delicious. Mr. Mm -hmm. Peanut. He's backed us again. Uh, Patreon backer Nutrition Facts. <laughs> Patreon backer Nemesis Factor. <laughs> Did you, do you like how I made it rhyme? <laughs> That's a good job, yeah. Cynthia Wallaby. Patreon backer Jatreon Thacker. Jatreon Jatreon. You're fond of the... <laughs> Just taking half of a thing and repeating it. Uh, okay, Patreon backer uh, Sirhan Jones. <laughs> Patreon backer Jones Jones. <laughs> Do not disappoint. Uh, guys, I've had a fantastic time recording episode number 286 of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we upgrade to the next version of the processor very quickly because this it, porn is downloading super slow. Is the 287, is that the math coprocessor? Mm, I don't know. I have no idea. They still had those then? Right in. And we won't read your email because we don't do listener mail anymore. Yeah. And if you do, you will. And if you don't, we won't. <laughs> Cockaboobooboobalaya. <laughs> kind of stumbled on that one. Cockaboobooboobalaya. Have a great week, everybody. Good night. Everybody's gone to the Edith Finch no. or... <laughs> Um, or the vanishing of Edith Finch. <laughs> vanishing Edith Finch. I want to the say vanishing, the vanishing swan. Vanishing swan. Isn't it? The vanishing yeah. a swan. Is that the, vanishing, the vanishing swan. Okay. The vanishing of the unfinished swan. swan.